Good morning, castaways, and welcome to Twists and Torches. My name is Cameron, and I'm your host. And today, I'm going to be breaking down the brand new Double Elimination, Episode 8 of Survivor 41. It was a good one. I've uh, been watching a lot of Survivor this week uh, between Micronesia and David versus Goliath going on Netflix. I definitely have a little bit of fever here in the middle of the season. Um, definitely getting into the swing of things. And God, I love uh, post-merge gameplay. There's nothing like it, especially when it's new. Even on seasons where I wasn't necessarily happy with the result or the way that we had the boot order with some of the pre-mergers I liked going. It's still just, there's nothing like it. So here we are. And uh, there's some fallout again after the past episode. There, there's been a lot of these. Oftentimes, at least the last few episodes, they've really shown us what happened at camp after the vote. And I, I think this is definitely more of a post-merge thing, pre-merge. It's not really that personal. Oftentimes, people have different ideas of why you vote for certain people. But in the post-merge, it gets a little heated because you definitely have built stronger relationships with people, and it, it's personal, you know, when your ally gets voted out and things don't go your way. So we get a little bit of that. Uh, Deshaun seems very upset with Heather that she decided to basically create a live tribal by herself for pretty much no reason. Um, nothing really of consequence ended up happening as a result of the live tribal. Really, the only thing that happened was you know, people got a little paranoid and scrambled a little. And Deshaun actually had to kind of show his cards as a result because he had to push back very hard on Shan to not vote out Heather and instead to get rid of Tiffany, as was the original plan. So if, basically, if Heather had not done that, Nasir would have a lot less, I guess, blood on his hands or conflict with Shan. And unfortunately, it exposed him a little bit here. So he's very upset with Heather. Um, he's very upset with his alliance and the way that he was spoken to at Tribal and before Tribal, and there's going to be some more of that this episode. Deshaun is, we're really getting set up for a fallout between Deshaun and his alliance right now, which is interesting because most of what we've seen from him has been very in control, very strong gameplay that we've seen, very strong social gameplay. So to see him knock down a peg is definitely interesting, and it's presenting a story that we hadn't seen really so far this season. So uh, he echoes a sentiment that I definitely agree with, that Shan is playing a sloppy game when he refers to several people, but particularly Shan, and there's some sloppy gameplay going around, which I definitely agree with. I've used that phrase several times this season on this podcast, and I think that that continues here. People are really swinging for the fences. I do think a big factor is the fact that it's a shortened season where it's basically two thirds of the amount of time. So you have to go basically at least 40% faster uh, in terms of making moves, in terms of forming bonds with people. It certainly is affecting the season. Um, you know, when you think about it in terms of filming and the timeline and who goes home when, it really isn't that big of a difference. Yes, maybe they're slightly less exhausted, but for the most part, from, from what I understand, is day 15 or 16 on a normal season, so just before halfway, and typically still the pre-merge, 
is the hardest part because once you get to that merge, then there's some rewards. The rewards get better as you go along, even in the pre-merge. So that for a lot of people is where your body, you've lost a lot of muscle mass. It's physically draining. Obviously making it to day 39 is difficult, but like once you've really gotten the, in the swing of things into those like 20 day periods, it, it evens out a little bit more from what I understand. Uh, obviously, you know, I've never been out there and I can't possibly relate to that experience, but I'm just reiterating what I've read from what past survivors have said, um, you know, online. So it's interesting because I do think that the format, just the amount of time is affecting the season physically, not just, you know, the, oh, the players thinking, oh, it's 26 days. I have to go very fast. But the amount of time, it takes time to bond with people, you know, you can't have, you can only have so many authentic conversations because yeah, you can have a very deep conversation. And we do see one in this episode where, uh, you know, we get Ricard showing a bit of a softer side, talking about his hearing loss in one of his ears and we get a segment on it and those conversations, they have to happen a lot. And, and obviously the show picks and chooses what they show us to make some people look good or sympathetic, but those conversations happen all the time. I mean, just think when you meet someone um, or you meet a group of people, how long does it take for you to gain a level of trust just in a social situation, even taking out the cutthroat aspect of the game? It takes some time before you're willing to trust that person with more and more personal information um, until you're really down to the bare bones and they know you very well. And that's when you would consider someone a very close friend. The difference between every three days voting someone out and every two days and the fact that it's 26 instead of 39, I feel like is pretty significant on that front because even the people that you were on original tribe with, you're not as close with them as you would be on a normal season because you just haven't spent physically as much time with them. So it's interesting that, you know, before I go too much on a tangent here, that we do see a lot of these moments, um, but also people are very into the game aspect and maybe there's less of that personal connection and people are really looking out for the strategy. And uh, I do think to a degree, we have this um, things like all of a sudden in the previous episode, Xander and, and Evie and Tiffany were all saying that they were no longer that tight. And it was a little bit surprising because typically it doesn't take that little to make a group fall apart. But in that situation, I guess it did. Maybe just they haven't spent quite as much time as, as on a normal season. So I definitely think it's affecting that. Uh, and it's something that I haven't really seen mentioned as one aspect of the shortened season. So Deshaun is saying, hey, I'm a free agent. I'm looking for a new team. He's talking with Erica. I believe he talks with Heather. He talks with Xander. He talks with Evie. Uh, Deshaun's definitely saying, hey, uh, you guys on the other side or on the bottom or the bottom of this alliance, I don't know if the Shan Ricard uh, uh, Liana coalition is going to work for me anymore. So he's he's putting himself out there a little bit and he's being very direct and openly critical of Shan with people, which I think is it's a little bit loose lipped of him to be so vocal about it. Uh, but I feel like the the consequences of that will come to him soon. So I think Evie, uh, Evie's eating this up. She channels her little finger and is like, chaos is great for me because I'm on the bottom. Uh, little finger from Game of Thrones who said chaos was a ladder. Uh, I definitely think that she is excited and thinks, hey, there might be some prospects here. I know Tiffany was one of my allies and she just went home, but it's entirely possible that I link back up with Deshaun. Maybe we can form a new core uh, just because of how chaotic it's been. And so I'd be saying, hey, I, I love this. This is a great opportunity for me. And I, I definitely agree there. 
so here's where we get the the hearing segment with Ricard. Um, I thought that this was interestingly done. It was great to see a different side of Ricard, who's really been the sly kind of conniving, uh, almost like anti-hero, maybe not quite a villain because he is rootable. Um, but the way that the show portrays him in this moment is very sympathetic and very rootable. Um, I thought the strange audio where they only like they had like a muffled thing. I thought that was a little bit weird, but other than that, I'm really glad that the show decided to highlight this and Ricard kind of got a chance to share his story and it gave him a lot of depth as a character, which is always good because sometimes Survivor paints these characters into archetypes and they are only this one or two things. Instead, with what they do with Ricard here is they show something that maybe we didn't realize before or we didn't know about him. That's a different aspect to him as a person and him as a, as a character on the show. So I, I really liked this segment. So here's where we get a little bit more sloppy gameplay. Uh, Shan, in front of some non-Alliance people, uh, it was like Erica, basically says, hey, we should let's talk as a four. And it's her, Ricard, Liana, and Danny, I believe. And I just thought that was really suspicious and strange. And I, I was Xander and Erica. And they're like, what? Like, just right in front of us? That's, that's a little bit bold. Um, and like I said, we see a continuation of Shan's power-itis, where she definitely feels like she is in charge of this game. And it gets highlighted a little bit later during a conversation with Ricard. But this is one of those moments where you think, is this the person that's going to completely control the whole season or is her control really getting to her head and people are starting to notice? Isn't this the person that you should take a shot at pretty soon? Because she has a lot of social clout, and a lot of power, and that's dangerous. Uh, if I was out there and I was Xander or Eric, I would be very concerned about this as, as they were. So, all right. And now we're going to get to the challenge with a twist. So I'll preface this by saying, I don't hate this twist. I sometimes hate the results I much prefer this where they essentially split the tribe of 10. I think they've done it with 10 before, or maybe it was 12 into two groups of five. And those five are now independent entities for the next tribal cycle. They will do an immunity challenge. One of the five will win. They will be immune. And then for the other group, the same. So one of the five will win immunity. And then both groups of five will independently go to tribal council. And there will be those five people will vote and one person will go home. I don't hate this because it definitely tests the ability on a micro level for someone to manage their relationships, where sometimes the strongest relationships are in the other group and can't help them. So it can really test a player's acumen in this aspect to connect with people that maybe they weren't quite as tight with. I think that the randomness sometimes can cause problems, but in this case, um, I don't see it as being that way. Both groups were balanced enough where it wasn't very obvious who was going home. And there was a good chance that all of the four people that were not immune could possibly go home. Um, so I, I did like the way this was done. Did I love the results of it at the end of the day? Not really. I was hoping for something a little bit different, but I'll get into that when we talk about who was voted out. But overall, I don't have too big of a problem with this twist. I think there's a lot of twists happening and it's nice to see one that we know and is really simple. And yeah, I, I really, I can't complain too much about this. So, all right. So we got two groups. We have the first group is, 
Erica, Shan, Ricard, Nasir, and Heather. And the second group is Danny, Deshaun, Xander, Evie, and Liana. And they're going to compete in what I like to call the Alec Merlino Memorial Challenge. Um, famously from Dave vs. Goliath. I actually just saw this episode too, where Christian and Alec go for five plus hours up on that perch. Because apparently, according to some former survivors from that season, Jeff or production forgot to tell them they had to keep their back against the plank until they were already underway. So it wouldn't be fair at that point to change it. So instead of this one where it was just 25 minutes because it's so painful, or I'm sorry, it was, it was, I think like an hour and 25 minutes. It was, it's so painful because you have to stay in this exact position. Like the fact that Nasir couldn't move his hand, like physically because of the way you're, I guess, arched and the way your back works, there's some kind of something behind it. And obviously like if you look at Xander's feet, they're like swelled up, they're purple by the end of it. Um, and it's, it's definitely, definitely different to have the, the shortened version um, because it, it really does take a lot of pain tolerance. Whereas the other one was a lot more about willpower. Um, and Alec and Christian both said, Hey, I'm not stepping down off this. And this is where Christian famously starts asking Jeff a bunch of questions. He talks to him about a lot of stuff. There's some stuff they didn't show on the show. Apparently he was asking about stuff from past seasons and uh, CBS. Uh, this is my official call. Please release the unedited Christian cut. I will watch all three to four hours of it, I swear. I'll even subscribe to Paramount Plus if you release just the raw footage of Christian and Jeff talking while Alec is up there trying to win the challenge. I think it's so funny and I'd love to see the whole thing. But either way, what ends up happening is on the first side, the yellow side, uh, Erica is going to pull out a win here, which was very exciting. I'm really happy for Erica that she was able to, to win this challenge. Um, she got very emotional and was talking about it being a dream come true. I, I think that my assessment was correct early on in the game. I think it was during the cast assessment that there genuinely are a lot of fans on this season. And they chose people who either at least knew the show a little bit, some who had watched it for a long time and who were just ecstatic and came here to play, came here to have those moments like winning that individual immunity. So very happy for Erica. Um, she's getting a little bit more screen time now that there's fewer people, which is, which is fantastic. So the a funny bit happens because, so the, the winner overall of the challenge. So even if you win for your five, you can stay up for longer and then you can win uh, chicken and um, beef soup for your, I'm sorry, stew for your whole group. And uh Proves tells Erica after the last person, I think it was Nasir dropped out. He says, Erica, uh, don't don't drop. And like seconds later, she's like, she look kind of looks over at Xander and uh Deshaun were left up there. She's like, No, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not gonna do this. So she just drops. Probes goes, Don't drop. And she's like, Don't tell me what to do, Jeff. And falls. Uh, so can't get the stew, but she won the immunity, so good for her. Um, so we get this showdown between Deshaun and Xander both really want immunity Deshaun probably so that they could either get rid of Xander or maybe flush the idol because he probably would have been the target and Xander obviously felt he needed to win in order to not only keep himself safe but hold on to that idol or possibly be able to use it on Evie depending on the situation so I think that Xander uh, gunning for this was a smart smart decision and he ends up winning so Xander not only wins the stew for his group but he also wins individual immunity so Props to Xander. Uh, he's definitely establishing himself as a very potent challenge threat. So during the 
segment, and a lot of people were talking about this online. Uh, there was they showed Liana's. Uh, I want to say one-sided, but I think there definitely is some back and forth here. It's not quite to the like the Laura Moret Shambo level of one person just hating the other person and the other one being unaware of it. So definitely not quite to that level, but I think there is some degree of one-sidedness. Liana seems to really detest Xander and not just in a game way. Um, it does seem that there's a personal element to it. Maybe they just don't get along and that's totally fine. There was a lot of criticism for her, but I mean, it's a game. Uh, people, it, it's a game for humans and they interact with each other and there's game and there's personal and it mixes together. And sometimes people don't like each other and that's okay. And it's often part of what makes the show entertaining. So Liana expressed herself and the show chose to show it. Um, there has been some negative light on Liana in the last couple episodes. Perhaps they're setting her up for some kind of downfall, which to be honest, I thought was happening this episode, but I was mistaken. So she says basically like she's rooting for Xander to draw, but she's like, oh, I hate, I hate his face. I hate it. And that was the part that people were like, whoa, it's too personal. And uh, listen, it's a game for a million dollars. People are going to not like each other and say somewhat rude things. And that's part of reality TV. And it's definitely part of Survivor. So uh, people who are clutching their pearls online, get over it. It's, uh, it's part of the game. So I will say I'm extremely proud of one Jeffrey Probst because during this challenge, he, or at least we didn't see him say, dig deep once not once in a in a challenge where really there's plenty of opportunity to say dig deep he refrained and i'm very proud of him for that good work jeff uh, it was a great episode for you uh so that that's fantastic very proud of you that is gonna wrap it up for the challenge so the two groups are gonna separate uh the uh, shan ricard nasir heather erica group is gonna go to the old ua beach and they don't seem too thrilled about it the shelter looks like it's in shambles because nobody's been there in a few days uh it was pretty funny to watch them go back and be like oh like i hate this camp can we and ricard makes a comment like wait we're going back to our our real camp right like afterward uh definitely not happy to, to relive those memories i'm sure of of old ua so we're going to get the first tribal that we're going to get is the is this group uh, that was at Ua Beach. So there were some interesting things that came up during this. Uh, notably, Shan's very aggressive pursuit of getting rid of Heather, which to a viewer might not make a lot of sense because we haven't seen all that much of Heather. Yeah, she was a little bit chaotic, but this is the second episode now where Shan is really heavily pushing Heather. Maybe it's just a person that she hasn't talked much game with. Maybe it's a person that she's worried that can sway some of her allies over to her side, but we haven't really seen evidence of that. So it's a little bit baffling why she's pushing so hard for Heather. Um, it's really some tunnel vision on her part. And I think that other people are starting to notice, notably Deshaun, but I think that some, uh, you know, there is some pattern to it that, well, why is she, why does she want Heather gone so badly? Like, what is it about Heather that's, and it's confusing to the viewer. Maybe it's confusing to the players as well. So that's a big storyline for this group. The other one is the Nasir and Heather dynamic. Uh, Nasir is saying, listen, like, Heather, I really like you. I respect you. We had a great relationship. But, and he called her out on this earlier in the episode and said, you said my name. And then it was confirmed by someone else. I think it was Evie that, yeah, uh, Heather was throwing your name out there, Nasir, at Tribal. And he was 
of course, none too pleased about this and expressed that to Heather. And that's when he says, listen, you're going home. I'm sorry. I, I'm not going to use the idol on you. Uh, I'm going to vote for you. That's it. And that's a big mistake. Uh, definitely a rookie mistake. I don't know how much of the show Nasir has seen. I know he's mentioned it, but uh, it, it strikes me that Nasir is probably a fan of the show, maybe not a fan of the game and not a, quite the student of the game level that some of these other players. It's just a different level, a different caliber. Uh, and I don't think that he would have been able to avoid this mistake necessarily. That's fairly common, uh, more common earlier seasons. People have smartened up about it, but definitely telling someone that they are getting voted out, that you're voting for them with only five people is a mistake uh, because they're going to get desperate and they're going to try to do something crazy. And that is what happens. So Heather and Erica have a conversation with Ricard. Ricard has a conversation with Shan. And it's pretty apparent that Nasir is definitely in jeopardy here. And perhaps his idol should be used. Um, it's not clear how keyed in Nasir was on this. And we do get some decent acting from Heather where she was acting like she was going home. I don't know if it was partially, if I do go home, this is you know, how I want to remember my survivor experience. And at tribal, she really goes into that and uh, how much she cares about the show. And she says, I can't wait for my kids to see this, which is really unfortunate because she's been invisible for most of the season. Um, but maybe this is an uptick for her after the last episode. And maybe we'll, we'll see more of her if she ends up going even further. So definitely Nasir seems to be in trouble here, but Shan is very adamant to Ricard that, listen, Heather's got to go. And there's some interesting lines here where Ricard says to Shan, they're, they're not agreeing. And Ricard's like, why, why is Heather? Heather is not a threat. Nasir is a threat. Nasir has more friends. Nasir is a better challenge threat. He has an idol. And all logical points that, that all make sense. Shan goes, no, I don't know. I, I want to get rid of Heather. I think Heather is the dangerous one. And Ricard doesn't get it. And he tells her straight up. He says, that doesn't make any sense. And he says something similar in, in a confessional. And then Ricard goes, you're, you're doing it again. You're saying, you're monopolizing the conversation and saying, I want this. And this has to happen for my game. And he says, it's not what one person wants. Like basically that's not how Survivor works. You have to vote as a group. And she says, I don't know if I agree with that. And this is most likely the peak of her power-itis or thinking the game revolves around her. And it's definitely interesting that we got the real the the change from her on Ua as the social butterfly and the person that was able to garner these allies and get people to trust her. And now she's basically being a battering ram and telling people, and Sean's had the same point that Ricard has had, that it's my way or the highway. And that doesn't usually get you very far on Survivor. So it's possible that Shan may need to change her tune if some things change. Maybe an ally gets voted out and she's going to be like, uh-oh, like I can't really push these people around like I used to anymore. So we'll see what happens. But I think Survivor is kind of winking at us and saying, you know, keep an eye out. Either she's going to change and adapt, as they say, or she's going to go home. And uh, that's that. So just for the sake of keeping this coherent, we're going to go to this tribal, but there are some segments with the other group. Um, so at, at this tribal, this is the first one. There's some interesting stuff that comes up. Um, Heather... <laughs> 
as part of her big speech is like, oh, where's the idol? I wish an idol would just fall onto my lap. And she kind of looks up into the sky. And then we cut to Tiffany on the jury, which by the way, uh, I guess maybe they're not introducing jurors or they're not walking in. Might be like a COVID thing. I'm not 100% sure. Maybe they're just changing the format. But uh, I kind of liked when Jeff, you know, named off the people and you see them come in and especially the most recent person voted out, you know, they look different and it's it's really interesting. Um, but, you know, she's already sitting there when they get there, which is which is different. So we'll see if they continue to do that. I don't know if it's a COVID thing or maybe because it was double limp, but either way, uh, this giant bug flies out of nowhere. And Tiffany even voted out on the jury. She steals the show because this bug is like attacking her and she's trying to frantically brush it off. Now, I don't think that those two things happened in direct succession. That would be a serious coincidence. But the editors uh, give us a little bit of uh, fun there, which we don't often get uh, at Tribal. So very cool. Uh, that, was a, that was a funny bit. So they're talking openly about advantages. And they know that Shan is an idol and they know Nasir is an idol. And Jeff goes and he sounds frustrated. He goes, why does everyone know where the advantages are? And then they they calmly explain like, well, Jeff, we had to activate them with the, the goofy phrases. And I don't know if he's just like poking fun at it or like trying to get an answer, but uh, if he was ser serious, uh, that's uh, that's a yikes, Jeff. Uh, it's pretty obvious why they know where the, where the idols are. Um, so that was, that was a little silly, but there you go. So we're going to get a survivor history in this episode, the first successful extra vote played. And it might actually be the first time someone playing an extra vote or like a steal a vote hasn't immediately gone home. Um, oh, actually, I'm sorry. Dave versus Goliath, Nick Wilson played one, and but it was a steal a vote. So this is the first extra vote. So not a steal a vote, an extra vote that they have. Um, and Shan is going to play this extra vote, JD's extra vote that there's been so much drama about and finally going to get played. And she's going to use it in a very interesting way. So what ends up happening is she's going to use one vote for Heather and one vote for Nasir. And then Heather and Erica vote for Nasir and Ricard and Nasir vote for Heather. So it ends up being a deadlock 3-3 tie with that extra vote use, which is interesting. And Nasir kind of has a confused look like, wait a minute, aren't there three votes for Heather? And then the third Nasir comes out to deadlock. So now Nasir and Heather cannot vote. And there's only, there's now four votes because Shan, per the rules, because it's an extra vote in the event of a tie, first time we've ever seen this with an extra vote, she gets to actually reuse that. So it's going to be now four to zero on Nasir um, because the whole plan, they didn't want Heather out. The plan was to split it to avoid the idol. Um, and it's actually very smart strategy gameplay by Ricard and Shan here. I'll give Shan the credit. She played it, but I think they probably had a conversation and talked it out because it's, it's kind of hard to, to reason out the numbers and how it works without someone to bounce it off of. Uh, it's definitely a very complex thing. Uh, you know, unless you draw it in the sand, of course, like Michaela Bradshaw, you can do the tallies. Uh, but it's, it's funny the way that the way that it went down. Um, but it was very smart because if something went wrong, not only with the votes, but also if Nasir played an idol. So say they know that the other two are voting Nasir and she throws one vote on Nasir. If she had not done that and only voted for Heather, if one or two of them flip and Nasir plays an idol, 
then it's entirely possible that Shanna Ricard would have ended up going home. So by using that extra vote, she virtually guaranteed that they would be okay. And that if Lucier had the idol, then Heather would go home. And any kind of switch by those two, Erica and Heather, would have still resulted in, you know, Shan not going home. So it was very convoluted. There were multiple situations where votes could have gone. And like some of the other votes this season. Um, but ultimately, that was a smart decision to stop any kind of crazy wonky plan. So that was a, a good use of the extra vote, not in just a brute force, like I need one more vote. I can't get another person. Let me use it. But in a way to avoid an idol, which I thought was was very smart. And obviously it didn't end up mattering because Nasir went home because he didn't play an idol. But if he had, uh, Shan, that was a good, good play. Very smart. So that was Nasir. What a class act. He says, good game. Uh, during the second tribal, he's over there smiling and laughing on the jury. Seems to have had a great time. I loved Nasir. Great character. Uh, he had some interesting confessionals. His gameplay was not top tier. Uh, he's definitely not an incredible top survivor player. But in terms of character, uh, I loved the guy. He was so entertaining every minute he was on the screen. And uh, I would definitely peg Nasir as a possible return. If they do returnees, say season 45 or 46, uh, I could see Nasir definitely being on a, a short list because he was very entertaining. So we'll miss him, but uh, it was great, great to watch. All right. So we're going to go to the other group, which I think was actually the more interesting one. I think this group was fairly telegraphed that it was Nasir. And if not, like Idol into Heather. And like either way, not the most exciting. But this group, there were several. Well, the, first of all, there's no extra vote here. Well, Xander has one. Um, but there, there's one idol instead of two and one extra vote. So there are some advantages on this side. Uh, and with Xander winning immunity, he probably would have been the target of the three former Luvus. But instead, it, it shifts to Evie, um, who for some reason everybody thinks is super dangerous you know, she's, she's pretty good socially. She's pretty good strategically. She does well in the challenges, but she really doesn't have the, the social allies to swing around and get votes. Uh, she doesn't have it. I, I don't really see why she's all that threatening at this point in the game. Sure. In the future, I could see that when they get down to fewer numbers, absolutely. But right now I don't really see it. I don't get the threat level being that high. Maybe it's just an excuse, but Hey, there we are. So Xander, uh, they get their stew, and Xander's in love. He's so ecstatic. Uh, this kid really knows how to cut a confessional. Um, probably the best confessionalist left in the season. Uh, he, he just has a way of kind of laying things out that make sense, but also are in an entertaining way. He makes up some words like mergatory. Uh, definitely, he's, he's quite the character. Uh, I, I really enjoyed Xander as the, the show's gone on. So that was great. Uh, we get a very awkward moment where Liana and Xander are having a conversation where neither of them are telling the other one the truth. Um, Xander is not going to tell liana about what he's planning to do liana's not and then liana asks for xander's idol to hold on to she's like hey look me have the idol so i i know you won't play it and he's just like no <laughs> like what i'm not giving it to you we're not to get like why would i do that uh definitely some definitely a 20 years of wisdom moment where her inexperience showed again and again they're kind of pointing painting liana in a 
rather negative light in the post-merge, just as her not exactly having top-tier gameplay, which is okay. Um, And definitely the show is kind of pointing us towards, hey, uh, this this girl, probably not going to win at all, might have some kind of downfall or or crazy plot to get her out or something at some point, which, to be honest, I thought was going to happen this episode. So Deshaun, at this point in the game, We've seen a good amount of his strategy and how he's going to move forward in the game. And I have him as currently my winner pick. So personally, I think this was Deshaun's moment, especially with him talking about wanting a new team and wanting to be a free agent. This was his moment to seize control of the game. And unfortunately, he really blew it. He blew a big opportunity to take a huge amount of power away from the other essentially power player or players, the duo of Shan and Ricard by joining up with Xander and Evie to vote out Liana. This is the, if there was ever a group and a situation to do it, it's right here. Xander is immune. He also has an idol still. So there's no reason, there's no way to flush it realistically. And he is the biggest threat, but he's immune. So you have no excuse. Evie is not that big of a threat. She's just not at this stage in the game. She doesn't have the social power to make things happen. She just, like, there's there aren't enough people around her that she has enough votes to swing around that she can get one or two other people and vote someone out. She just doesn't have it. Even her and Xander aren't even that close. So where's Evie's threat or power coming from? I don't understand it. I think she has the potential to be a great player. She's very savvy. But in terms of right now, in this moment, she doesn't have the political social acumen to actually do something. Acumen is the wrong word. The political and social power, the clout right now to do something. Danny has been his closest ally from day one. And the other person that's there is Liana. Liana is Shan's closest ally and Deshaun has been butting heads with Shan. So it's not even Shan herself, it's Liana. Liana has no idol, no advantage like Shan does. Ricard is not there. He doesn't have a, a wild card where he doesn't know where they're going, like Nasir or even Heather or Erica. This is the perfect situation for him. And all he needs is his vote. He doesn't even need to convince anyone because Evie and Xander are already voting that way. He just needs to write Liana on the parchment. And frankly, when he walked into tribal and saw Nasir, a number for him and one of his closer allies on the jury from the other segment, why does he not change his plan and vote out Liana? It was baffling. I was so convinced because I firmly believe that Deshaun is playing a great game, a smart game. He's the least sloppy. And I really thought that he was going to make the right strategic choice here to cut his biggest rival in the game off at the knees. And instead, he did not do that. And he went with essentially the conservative safe choice and voted out Evie to avoid making his allies upset his allies that will most likely turn on him. And we're going to see in the preview that it doesn't look good for him. His allies, Shan, Ricard, uh, even Danny to a degree, and definitely Liana could absolutely turn on a dime on him because he's so threatening. I mean, he was up there for a while with Xander. So physical threat, he definitely has a lot of people that he's close with social threat. And we know he has the strategic mind. So he, at this point in the game, when you're going down to final eight, you got to start making these decisions. And He blows his opportunity here individually. I think most likely what happened 
was he could not convince Danny that it was the right thing to do. Whether Danny voted or not, he maybe had a conversation and Danny said, listen, if you do this, um, we're done. And that's the really the only thing I can think of that he'd rather keep multiple allies, but he would essentially gain Evie and Xander. It's possible that he could turn it around with Danny. Liana's now gone. I know that Nasir is, is gone, but essentially this is an opportunity for him to seize power and he would only need Heather or Erica. And we know that Heather and Erica are not all that tight with Shan, especially Shan gunning for Heather. He could pull someone in. That's five people. And Shan and Ricard, I know they have the idol, but that's it for them. I, I mean, there's no way. And yes, Xander is a threat, but he would just need to get either Shan or Ricard out, take away that power in the next vote. And then he's set to go to the end as long as, because he has the people around him. He's got Danny to protect him. There's a good chance he can win an immunity. Uh, his relationship with Evie is pretty good. And Xander goes, say, at six. And Deshaun's path to the end is super clear. Right now, I don't think he has an angle. I think that he just lost his angle because two people that potentially he could have used and worked with to get there are now gone. And Liana and Shan and Ricard, that trio is at full strength and they have Danny kind of going along with them. If what I speculate about Danny disagreeing with Deshaun making a move is true. I don't see an angle for Deshaun to win this game anymore. Unfortunately, I think that in the next couple of votes, he's just going to lose the, the game. And this was his chance. And I think looking back, thinking, what if, uh, a lot of the time it happens in Survivor, where you have a player who goes out, say like mid-merge, seventh or eighth, sixth, and what what move could they have done that would have completely flipped the script? And this is the one. Uh, I, I saw it clear as day that he had a big opportunity, and unfortunately, uh, I think he missed it. But not to take away from... Evie being booted out. I know it just went on about Deshaun, but uh, I was rooting for him. And unfortunately, I don't think I can pick him as the winner anymore. Evie played a great game. Had some, you know, hard knocks. Liana flipping ship wasn't probably in the cards. So the plan to go in Yasa strong fell apart. And now we're only down to two Yasa people left. But Evie played a great game. Um, in her final confessional, which was fairly emotional, not physically, but definitely um, something that she had probably planned to say and really wanted to, to talk about was uh, she was, a, of course, a big fan of the game, loved playing it, loved the opportunity, but also to represent something, uh, a community that she is a part of and very passionate about and to be able to represent that community in the best way possible. And I definitely think that she accomplished that. Um, I was a big fan of Evie's. I was a little bit skeptical maybe at the beginning, um, just based on her answers to some of the, the questions, but definitely uh, turned it around very quickly and became one of my favorites this season. So I will miss seeing her in the game. I think she had a decent chance if things exploded from for the majority earlier, um, but this unfortunately sealed her fate. So, But I'm glad that we got to see as much of Evie as we did. So great part of the season and uh, definitely will miss her. All right. So I don't always do this, but I think it's important that we, I talk a little bit about the preview for next episode. I think that it paints that Deshaun is in trouble and that seems to be correct based on what I was thinking, 
that this is the time where his alliance doesn't maybe not need him anymore. Shan has enough numbers with just Liana and Ricard. A group of three with eight people left is pretty significant, especially after one more vote. And she still has the idol. She did use the extra vote. So I don't, I, I'm a little bit nervous for him. It's possible he wins individual immunity or there's some twist, of course, but I'm a little nervous for him in the next episode based on my assessment and based on the preview. So we'll see what happens. Uh, I don't have him quite at the top of my list anymore. I think that Ricard uh, may have passed him a little bit. Ricard or Xander, probably the people most likely to win at this point. I think that Ricard will go further than Shan just based on what we've been seeing, uh, not only in the edit, but also the relationships he has with people outside of his core. I think he has a good chance. Shan uh, and Liana, I just don't think are going to close and win the game. I think they'll still go far, probably final five for both of them at this point, but I don't think they're going to take it home at final tribal or right before, depending, of course, on some crazy twists that might come out of the woodwork. You never know. But we'll see what happens. I'm very excited. Uh, The season is rapidly coming to an end. We just basically jumped ahead an extra week. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to see what happens. I'm excited to keep watching. All right. So thank you very much for listening. Uh, Next week, probably be a shorter episode um, just because of Thanksgiving. Of course, a lot of people have plans. I have plans. So I'm just going to probably do a quick recap, put it up. uh, Feel free to give it a listen, of course, but definitely will be a shorter form, just kind of a high level. Uh, I might break down some things a little bit extra the following week, if I can. Uh, I think that would be cool just to talk about, depending, of course, on the episode. If it's a boring episode, hey, you just set it and forget it. Just go past it. David vs. Goliath and Micronesia, some of the best seasons ever, are on Netflix. I've been watching them enthusiastically. I forgot how great both of them were. I actually haven't watched David vs. Goliath since it originally aired, and I'm having a blast. Wrapped up Micronesia. That was great. I am planning on doing a retrospective on both of those seasons, so stay tuned for that. I plan on doing that soon. Maybe not into the offseason, but it could happen uh, just because I'm busy with these recaps and everything like that. If you like the show, uh, thank you for listening. Feel free to follow us on Twitter at twists, the letter N torches. Uh, We post some funny content sometimes, memes or reactions. uh, Plus, uh, you know, get notified when new episodes go live. Also, if you enjoy it, feel free to subscribe on whatever podcast platform you are listening on and share it with a friend if you have some Survivor fan friends. All right, that's all from me. Thank you so much for listening and have a good one.